Welcome to the Padres Post Game Show on the Padres Radio Network. Coming up, we'll deliver a full recap of today's game with highlights. Plus, we'll take you down to the manager's office to hear from Bob Melvin. And we'll give you an update on scores from around Major League Baseball. The Padres Post Game Show starts now on the Padres Radio Network. This ball hit in the air to left field. Peterson going back at the wall. Going to go. Third straight day for Juan Soto. A first inning home run on Friday night. A first inning home run on Saturday night. And now a two-run shot in the first inning here on Sunday afternoon. Juan Soto set the tone early. A two-run home run in the first inning. Padres would go on to score three runs in the bottom half of the first inning. They cruised to a 4-0 win against the San Francisco Giants on this Sunday afternoon here at Petco Park. Sam Levitt with you here on our post-game coverage from inside the loft at the Western Metal Building here in downtown San Diego. Great to have you with us on this Labor Day weekend. The Padres losing on Thursday. Not a great performance whatsoever sloppiness all of it we discussed it after after the game on thursday but the padres to their credit bouncing back in a big way friday saturday and sunday four nothing win here today after a 6-1 win in yesterday's game a 7-3 win on friday and there was a lot to break down in this game the early offense from the padres home runs from juan soto and manny machado and then the starting pitching for the padres continues to be stellar seth lugo outstanding once again six scoreless innings three hits given up he walked one struck out for 80 Nine pitches picks up the win the bullpen did the rest scoreless innings from nick martinez scott barlow and josh Hader. and the padres win three out of four from the san francisco giants who enter today tied for the third and final wild card spot in the national league lot to do here in our postgame coverage from the Western Metal Building. When we come back, we'll hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. We'll also have all the radio highlights for you. Break this one down in its entirety. Daily awards, your phone calls, and much, much more to do as we break it down. 4 nothing. Padres win it. They've won three in a row, and they take three out of four from San Francisco. Radio highlights and Bob Melvin coming up when we come back on the Padres Radio Network. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here today, Padres 4 and the Giants nothing. Padres improved to 65 and 73. Giants dropped to 70 and 67 as the Padres take three out of four from the Giants. They lose the series opener on Thursday, but they bounce back very, very nicely against the team that they're chasing in the wild card race as the Padres try to make a late run. They have a ton of work to do, an exceptional level level of baseball to play if they want to accomplish that but you know what you take it a game at a time at three straight wins and we'll see if the Padres can get that elusive fourth win in a row tomorrow in the series opener against Philadelphia our post-game show continues from here inside the loft the people leaving the loft right now enjoying their beers and uh wrapping things up having a good time why not on this uh, labor day weekend a lot of fun being had here at petco park we'll hear from padres manager bob melvin coming up here in just a little bit first let's break this one down let's go through the biggest moments from today's game with our game highlights presented by the new el cajon ford commercial service center servicing all fords up to f750s and motorhomes 
For a third straight day, the Padres struck early. Giants starter Alex Cobb took the mound for the bottom of the first inning. There was a runner on base for Juan Soto. This ball hit in the air to left field. Peterson going back at the wall. Going to go. Third straight day for Juan Soto. A first inning home run on Friday night. A first inning home run on Saturday night. And now a two-run shot in the first inning here on Sunday afternoon. Padres weren't done. Manny Machado singled. Xander Bogarts was next. 3-2. Manny goes and a one-hopper to short underneath Crawford's glove. Into left center, a base hit. Machado full speed to third on his way home. Peterson picks it up on the warning track. Xander was thinking about three. Now he slams on the brakes. It's a double and a 3-0 Padre lead. Padres scored three runs on four hits against Cobb in the first inning. He threw more than 30 pitches in that opening frame. Seth Lugo was sharp to begin his day. Three scoreless innings in the bottom of the third. It was Manny Machado. And Machado swings, hits it in the air to deep center. Meckler, late break, going back, looking up, going to go. Home run, Manny Machado. Laser to center field. Third career home run against Alex Cobb. And the Padres continue to play long ball in this series. They now lead it 4 to nothing. 4 nothing lead after three innings. The rest of the story was the pitching. Seth Lugo was outstanding once again. Six shutout innings, three hits given up. He walked one, struck out four. 89 pitches on the day for Seth Lugo. He was great once again. We talked about pregame, how good he's been as of late, and Lugo was in line for the win. The bullpen then did the rest. Selfie time, hi. <laughs> good to see you. <laughs> All right, continue our recap. 4 nothing. Padres led after 6. The bullpen then took over. Nick Martinez, a score of the 7th inning. Scott Barlow, a score of the 8th inning. These innings relatively drama-free. In the ninth inning, Josh Hader put the finishing touch on a series win. Here's the pitch from Hader. Check swing on a ball down. They appeal. He went, and the ball game is over. Padres shut out the Giants 4 to nothing here this afternoon as they put something of an exclamation point on this four-game series. Padres take three out of four, and for the first time in over a month, they have won three consecutive games. And now we'll see if they can win that elusive fourth in a row tomorrow. Opener of that series against Philadelphia, but first things first as we recap this 4-0 win for the Padres. Again, final totals for the Padres, four runs, ten hits, no errors, they left on six. Giants, no runs, four hits, two errors, they left on eight. Seth Lugo, the winner, he improves to six and six. Alex Cobb, following that 131 pitch performance, came one out away from a no-hitter his last time out. It was a much different outing for him. In fact, he, he gave up a hit the very first batter he faced than Ha Sung Kim. And then Juan Soto later in the inning made him pay a two-run home run. Padres would score, like I said, three runs in that first inning, get one more from Manny, had the 4 nothing lead from the third inning on, and that was plenty with the pitching being so good here today. A shutout on four hits, Lugo Martinez, Barlow, and Hader get it done. Let's go downstairs here at Petco Park and hear some post-game reaction. Let's take a trip down to the Padres Clubhouse and hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Presented by Sin Lee Food. Find your next cooking adventure at Sin Lee Food, 4665 El Cajon Boulevard. The Cook's Asian resource. Bob, what do you make of these last three games playing as well as your team has? Well, we have the ability to do it. So, good time, better, 
Better now than never, right? So, I mean, the, the first game didn't look great, and it's looked the last three have been really good. So hopefully that continues. Suddenly you guys can hit home runs at Petco Park too. Is that uh... Seems like it. Line drives the center, balls that were going out, like Toddy's ball the other night. It was one that we kind of get frustrated with the times going out. I, I, I can't explain it other than the fact that it seems like it's a foot either way. Um, and typically during the daytime, ball carries a little bit more. Is Seth Lugo maybe getting better as the season goes on? Well, he's doing some things differently along the way. It's not not necessarily the same pitch complement all the time. So, I think he's done tweak some things, thrown some, you know, some I don't want to say curveballs, but you know, some different things to, you know, maybe mix up the other side some in their game planning. But you know, from the very beginning, we've talked about he's he's really been. You know, motivated to be that guy, be that starter. Don't talk about innings. Just go out there and perform. Give your chance, your chance, your team a chance to win. And he's done that. How's Campy? Uh, yeah, I think he's okay enough to where he had to come out of the game. So we'll be being checked out right now. We'll see how he is tomorrow. Um, for a, a guy that you would like to play a lot in the you know the last month, I mean, what's he shown you? You know, since coming back from the injured list. From Campusano. Yeah, no, he's been great. You know, and it's been both of them, really. So both catchers, the production from both catchers have been fantastic. And, you know, Campy's been great since he's come back. It allows us to rest both guys, which the catching position can be pretty taxing on you and, and wear you down a little bit if you're a number one guy. So, you know, it's not only the studying and the game calling and learning our pitchers, learning the opponents. You know, it's also swinging the bat and, and being engaged all the time. He's been fantastic, and he's prepared every game to go out there with his starter, and they have a lot of confidence in him. What did you understand about the shift violation? Uh, that, that I guess his foot was either touching or hovering at release. A little more than a year after he was traded here, what kind of comfort level do you see from Juan Soto? Do you see him settling in more or still see him kind of feeling his way through with the new No, I look, I think he's been comfortable here for a while now. So, um, you know, it's it's you look at the OPS, you look at the numbers, it's always been good. Everybody goes through difficult periods during the course of the season. Looks like he's passed a little one that he had. Uh, but still was taking his walks, but now he's hitting the ball at the ballpark. And a lot of times, uh, you know, the it's when he's driving the ball to left left center field, left field, that he, you know, that that's when he seems to be locked in. Weekend like this, I think your entire big four, they all homer. Does that kind of make you wonder, you know, what, what August was about, that they all just struggled at the same time? It was just a tough August. I mean, the record was terrible. So it's not just four guys that makes your record that. It's, it's everybody. So, um Seems to be picking up now, though. Uh, Bob, what's the diagnosis on uh, Campy? I, I didn't get a good look at the replay. Where did it hit him, and what's the... it hit him in a bad spot? So he had to come out of the game. Yeah, day to day. Literally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was Padres manager Bob Melvin from down by the clubhouse here at Petco Park following this four nothing win. For the San Diego Padres over the San Francisco Giants as the Padres win three out of four in this four-game set. Sam Levitt back with you here inside the loft at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. You heard Bob Melvin talk about Luis Camposano there. He took a foul tip in a bad spot. Unfortunately, had to come out of the game. Hopefully, uh, Luis is all right. Gary Sanchez came in after that.
you heard a lot of talk about the offense and the power. Juan Soto hitting another home run, his third in as many days, the second time this season that Juan Soto has hit three home runs in three consecutive games. He did that from August 1st through August 4th and uh, did it uh, uh, here uh, this weekend, Saturday, uh, or I should say, excuse me, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So Juan Soto, Manny Machado, both going deep. Soto is 28th home run of the season. Manny Machado is 26th home run of the season and like we said earlier that ended up being plenty because the pitching side of things was so good Seth Lugo six scoreless innings and then Nick Martinez Scott Barlow and Josh Hader combining for three scoreless innings of relief we'll dive a little bit deeper into what Seth Lugo did coming up a little bit later I do want to talk a little bit about the offense before we go to break because I thought it was really impressive what the Padres did against a guy in Alex Cobb coming off a no-hit bid He was one out away on Tuesday against the Reds, but also an outing where he threw 131 pitches, which was more than anybody had thrown in a major league start in a really long time. I talked with Juan Soto. Well, let me let me get to this before we get to the offensive breakdown. It, it's been quite a day for yours truly uh, on the technical side of things. My laptop is acting up. I don't have my laptop with uh, here with me, so if you you hear me discombobulated at all. That's why, okay, if I can't get to a number or something like that. The laptop isn't working. And then I did interview Juan Soto after the game. You know, I like to be honest with you. And uh, unfortunately, the audio didn't record properly. First time it's ever happened. I have to check out what went on. But uh, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to air it. So technical difficulties. But I did talk to Juan Soto right after the game. And we talked about him hitting a first pitch splitter for the home run and you'll remember pregame i'm sure jesse and tony talked about it as well that alex cobb threw 83 splitters in that no hit bid out of the 131 pitches it was more splitters than anybody had ever thrown in the pitch tracking era and i just thought it was interesting that soto was right on that splitter the very first pitch and hit it out to left field what you had to like both here tonight here today and throughout this series for the padres is how not only did they score runs, but they were really aggressive early. The three runs in the first inning here today, the home run by Soto yesterday uh, to give the Padres an early one nothing lead. Three runs in the first inning on Friday on the back-to-back home runs from Tatis and Soto. It's the type of early attack that we have not seen consistently from this offense, but we really saw it the last three days, and it does make you really dream about what this offense should be capable of for extended stretches again something we haven't seen really this season but the last three games terrific terrific job by this offense early in games getting to starting pitchers and they did it against Alex Cobb and they were ready for what he was throwing and uh, you know, a guy coming off 131 pitches. They really made him work 30-plus pitches in that opening frame. So I thought the offensive approach, execution was really good in this game. And the home run ball, a big part of these three wins against the Giants, eight home runs combined for the Padres in these three games, and three of them coming for Juan Soto. And like you heard Bob Melvin uh, asked about and, and allude to, uh, the big four, Bogarts, Soto, Machado, Tatis, they each had home runs in the last three games so we know when those guys go it's a pretty good recipe 
for success. We'll step aside. We'll dive deeper into what Seth Lugo did today. We'll also take your phone calls coming up, 833-288-0973. We'll cycle in some of the highlights throughout the show in case you missed it, and we will continue to wrap this one up as the Padres win a third in a row. They win it 4 to nothing over the San Francisco Giants. Our postgame show continues when we return on the Padres Radio Network. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here today, Padres 4 and the Giants nothing as the Padres win three games against the Giants after a disappointing performance on Thursday. They bounce back in a very, very nice way, shutting out the Giants here today on just four hits. Excellent job by the pitching. We'll dive into what Seth Lugo did here in just a second, and enough offense. Home runs by Juan Soto and Manny Machado. Padres had a 4 nothing lead through three innings, and they would not look back, cruising to a 4 nothing win. Sam Levitt with you inside the Western Metal Building here at Petco Park as we wrap this one up. Phone number to call if you want to get involved, 833-288-0973. Again, 833-288-0973. The phone number to call if you want to get involved on our post-game show. Let me know what you thought about today's game, what you thought about this series, and uh, what you're thinking about the Padres right now. Whatever you want to talk about. Regarding the Padres, I'm here for you on this Labor Day weekend as we wrap it up on this Sunday. Reminder, homestand is not over. Three more games from tomorrow through Wednesday. Game one of a three-game series against the Phillies tomorrow. Left-hander Rich Hill on the mound for the Padres tomorrow. You might have heard my pregame. If not, it's available right now on the Inside San Diego Baseball podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcast. We had a good conversation about getting ready for that start tomorrow against a powerful Phillies lineup, working with Ruben Niebla, his experience so far with Ruben. And uh, we also chatted about... Uh, the starting rotation for the Padres and how good it's been and what stands out to Rich Hill, a 43-year-old who's been a part of a lot of starting staffs. And uh, certainly that starting rotation shined again here today. So you can listen to it on the Inside San Diego Baseball podcast. If you missed it, may mix in a, a couple of uh, clips from that uh, in tomorrow's pregame show as well as we get ready for the start for Rich Hill tomorrow. Let's tell you about our East Pitcher of the Game. Which pitcher was dealing today? Let's find out who's today's ace pitcher of the game. Brought to you by the Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. From Traeger and Weber to the Big Green Egg. All your grilling and barbecue needs are inside the Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. Our ace pitcher of the game, no doubt, Seth Lugo. Six scoreless innings, three hits given up, walked one, struck out four, 89 pitches. Lugo was very, very good once again, and he continues to be impressive this season. Picks up his sixth win of the season. And we talked about pregame, how consistent Lugo's been, really aside from that one inning against the Dodgers in early August. If you take out that one inning, I mean, it has been really, really consistent for Seth Lugo. This was his fourth consecutive quality start. He's now allowed just two earned runs in his last 24 innings of work. He came into today a 1-5-70 RA in his last four starts. And how does he follow that one up here today? Six scoreless innings. So 
He uh, continues to be very, very impressive. He's already way above his career high in innings. A guy who wanted to be a starter, wanted to throw a lot of innings, didn't want to talk about innings limits at all. Even after the, the injury, got a little bit of a break with the calf injury. And he's been, for the most part, really, really good for this team. So credit to Seth Lugo continues to get it done for this ball club here in 2023. More quality starts for the Padres as well. They had one yesterday from Blake Snell. They had one from Michael Waka on Friday. And Lugo with a quality start here today. So the Padres continue uh, to find ways to just get it done each and every night, seemingly, uh, in this rotation. And again, I'm, I'm working with no laptop here. If you heard my uh, laptop and and uh, technical saga today so I'm, I'm just getting my notes together here it may take me a little bit longer than usual today uh today seth lugo what he did it was the padres 64th quality start of the season i mean i mean these numbers are are just terrific snell has 16 of them lugo has now 14 quality starts musgrove 11 darvish 10 wackett 10 the padres are the only team in baseball to have five pitchers with 10-plus quality starts. That is how solid this starting rotation continues to be. Of course, the disappointing part of that is the record is not reflective of how, I should say the overall record for the team, is not reflective of how good the starting pitching has been. But who knows? Three straight wins? Maybe the start of something? You hope so. Crazier things, I suppose, have happened in the game of baseball. It does tend to be a crazy game. Padres have a lot of work to do, but certainly a very good three days between the pitching and the power for the Padres in this series win against San Francisco. Phone number to call, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Let's squeeze in a phone call. Before we go to break, we go to Sam calling in from Del Mar. Sam, great name. Welcome to the Padres postgame show. How are you? I'm pretty good, Sam. How you doing? I'm doing well. Beautiful day at the ballpark. Series win. Can't complain. No complaints at all. Um, what do you get a sense of when the team plays like this and it's not really reflective of where we are in the standings? Like, what what's the overall vibe after a series like this? Well, Sam, it's a great question. Um, look, it's been a hard team to figure out, right? Because we've seen this before, okay? For as well as they've played the last three days, if we're being honest, right, with where they stand still at 65 and 73, even after today's win, we have seen this before. We've seen good stretches. We've seen great series wins, whether it's against the Rangers or whether it's against the Rays or whether it's against the Orioles. I mean, there, there's a list of good teams, and the Giants are included in that group now of teams the Padres, good teams the Padres have played really, really well against. Um, I'm not totally sure, Sam, what to tell you. I mean, look, I, I would love to say that this is the start of a crazy run at the end here. Um, can you guarantee that, A, based on what we've seen so far this year where they have had mini stretches like this but have been unable to sustain them? for really any kind of extended period of time, and also the task at hand, if they were to do something crazy here and go on that kind of run. I mean, it has to be a, a kind of baseball and a kind of consistent baseball that, that we just haven't seen. And for any team, um, it would be a, a magical type of run. Uh, not saying it's impossible. Nothing's impossible, I suppose. But 
Um, look, I, I would love to see one final time here, I suppose, if they can take a, a little mini winning streak, three games in a row, really good baseball all the way around the last three days, and carry it into the rest of this month. Will that be good enough to go on a magical, magical run? I, I have no idea. But you'd like to see it. I think you'd rather see that than, you know, see them – you know, not play well down the stretch and finish well below 500. I mean, I, I still think there are things to take away regardless of of what the uh, record is right now here in the final month of the season. So, um, look, Sam, what I can tell you is I, I felt like it's been a group that is, you know, waited around and, and believed that there would be the turn at some point, and it hasn't happened. It hasn't. Um Maybe this is it. Maybe it's not. I don't know. We've seen this before. So, Sam, I guess what I would say is the 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 jury's still out. I suppose, right? Like we got to see what they do in this series against another really good team in the Phillies. Uh, it, it's a it's a hard question to answer based on the way this season has gone. I think is the the best way to put it. No, I uh, I appreciate it. I I'm kind of right there with you. And, you know, I just hope that we can at least get one four game win streak in this year. I know it's a really you know, tough team with, like you said, with the Phillies, but hopefully, you know, that that we show up and we can prove and end the season on a high note, I think is really all that I would like to see. And hopefully maybe that gives a little bit of positive momentum or carryover yeah. to next season. Um, what do you think about the Padres not wearing last names on their jerseys next year to kind of humble them and realize that it's really about the name on the front of the jersey rather than the name on the back of the jersey? Um, and Sam, appreciate the call. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, is, does that actually do anything? <laughs> I'm fine with the names on the back of the jerseys. I like the names on the back of the jerseys. I mean, you know, the Yankees have never, have always done that, so they don't do it. And, but I, I like the names on the back of the jerseys and I, I don't think that will magically make you start playing better or worse. So, um, I, I, I get what you're saying, but. I, I like the names on the back of the jerseys. I'm fine with that. But if, if the Padres wanted to do something else, I would say, okay. <laughs> I would say, if you think that's going to be the uh, uh, the secret to uh, a better year, go for it. But, uh, you know, I think there are probably more important things at hand than uh, the names on the uh, back of the jerseys. All right. We'll step aside here on the Padres Radio Network. Padres four Giants nothing. We'll continue taking your phone calls on the other side of this break. Continue to cycle through some uh, of our radio highlights here today. We'll revisit what Bob Melvin had to say after the game as well. In case you missed it, out of town scoreboard. Much more to do on our postgame coverage. Again, the final score, Padres four Giants nothing. Back after this on the Padres Radio Network. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Sam Levitt with you here inside the loft at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. Final score, Padres 4 and the Giants nothing. Padres will look to win a fourth consecutive game tomorrow. Something they have not done all season long. Could tomorrow be the day? Well, we're going to find out. Game 1 of the three-game series against the Phillies starting tomorrow, but first things first as we wrap this one up from Petco Park. Padres winning it 4 nothing. Sam Levitt with you inside the Western Metal Building here at Petco Park. Still a lot to do. 
Relief pitcher of the game, we'll get to that in a moment. Player of the game, take a full look at the out-of-town scoreboard. If you want to get involved on the phones, we can do that as well. And we uh, may revisit just a couple of things that Bob Melvin had to say after the game in case you missed it. First, let's tell you about our relief pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was able to come in and slam the door shut? It's time for the relief pitcher of the game in support of the Jacobs and Cushman San Diego Food Bank, providing food assistance to local children, families, and seniors in need. To get help or give help, visit SanDiegoFoodBank.org. Relief pitcher of the game, you can really take your pick with this one. Nick Martinez, Scott Barlow, Josh Hader, all scoreless innings out of the pen. Why not Nick Martinez? Give it to Nick. Why not? Worked around a single. Oh, not a single. Excuse me. Uh, Nick Martinez. uh, No, he did uh, work around a single and hit by pitch. Excuse me. Again, we're dealing with no laptop here. So I'm (laughs) I'm managing single and hit by pitch. For a scoreless seventh inning, 18 pitches total for Nick Martinez, who we talked about a little bit yesterday, the two scoreless innings on Friday. It's been pretty solid lately, Nick Martinez. Scoreless inning on the Tuesday against the Cardinals, and we could go back even further. But lately it's been pretty good. Nick Martinez, he'll be our relief pitcher of the game. Why not? I feel like we've we've, uh, given it to Hader enough, not a safe situation for him. Feel like we gave it to Scott Barlow pretty recently as well, so why not give it to Nick Martinez, who we talked about with Bob Melvin uh, yesterday, and, and Bob really uh, talked about the the level of versatility that Nick has given this ball club over the past two years, and has uh, you know uh, rightfully so really complimented Nick on on what he's been willing to do for this team, and uh, certainly starting the year in the rotation getting moved to the bullpen, never getting back to the rotation, and has just continued to uh, to do a, a pretty nice job in, in whatever role he's been given and uh, certainly has willingly taken on whatever role he's been given. So Martinez, our relief pitcher of the game. All right, let's go back to the phones while we have a moment. 833-288-0973. We go to Kathy calling in. Hi, Kathy. Hey, Sammy. Um, I can't remember if you talked about it or not, but that uh, uh, call, you know, the, the overturn call about with uh, Bogarts and stuff. Yeah, I don't yeah, get I, that, Kathy. I, I yeah, I haven't talked about it yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. And we didn't hear much there from uh, Bob Melvin on it. My question was this because I, I was looking at the TVs actually uh, downstairs on my way downstairs to, to record my uh, interview that ended up having a, a little bit of a, a technical issue today on my part. My fault. And I don't know what happened, but mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, we couldn't play it for you here on the Padres Radio Network with Juan Soto. Uh, don't get me started with that, Kathy. But um, uh, I'm, I'm still not totally sure what happened there. And maybe there's going to be an explanation that I that I haven't seen yet. Um, I looking at the replay it didn't appear that Bogarts had his foot feet on the grass at all. Didn't look like that to me. My only my only question would be did did another infielder have their feet on the grass? I believe that it's it's for all the infielders. So even if it were, you know, Bogart fielded the ball, but let's just say for, for argument's sake that Ha-Sung Kim 
uh, you know, had a foot on the grass. I believe the, the rule still applies, and the same thing would happen. So I didn't see on the TV broadcast. I, they only showed to my to, from from what I saw the Bogarts replay. I'm still not totally sure what happened there, and it appeared that they didn't really let Bob Melvin talk to the umpires about it after. Luckily, all it really did was cost Josh Hader a couple of pitches, but didn't really affect the game all that much. But, Kathy, I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm still not totally sure what went down there. And, uh, you know, if you're listening, you've seen something on social media, you've, you've seen a better explanation than, than what I know, uh, feel free to tweet at me, Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V, Instagram DM me. I, I don't have a great answer for you, Kathy. But it was a, it was a weird moment and uh, uh, something that, uh, amongst the new rules, we have not seen a lot of for sure. It just seems like we've had a lot of those moments this season. I mean, I'm not really big into conspiracies, but it just seems like <laughs> we've gotten called on a lot of stuff that was kind of like, oh, like scratching your head going, oh, what type of thing. So yeah, I, just, yeah, I didn't been, get it. And yeah, yeah, I watched him later it. on, and he would start off on the grass and come back onto, you know, to the dirt area before, you know, the pitcher became set, which I think is what you have to do. You can't be on the yeah. grass once the picture comes set. So I was just like, okay, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I'm not. I'm still not totally sure, Kathy, what happened there. And look, these guys yeah. do play very close to the grass. I'd appreciate the call, Kathy, as always. The, these guys do play very close to the grass. Um, but look, there's a very fine line between having your feet on the dirt and having it on a, you know, one piece of grass. So uh, again, from what I saw in the replays, I didn't see it. Um, I, I do wonder if it was somebody else they were looking at and not Bogarts, but... Um, and, and admittedly, this was in the ninth inning. I did not hear what what uh, what Jesse and Tony had to say about it. So uh, if they're listening, maybe they can fill me in. Maybe they had a uh, maybe they had an idea of what was going on there better than I do. But uh, I, I still don't totally understand what happened. But I guess here today, the good news is that it did not really affect this game. May Josh Hader threw uh, throw a couple more pitches, but that was about it. So. Good news, it didn't really affect the outcome, which uh, is certainly good. All right, let's um. You know what? We're gonna save uh, we're gonna save the Bob Melvin clips. We'll do that coming up here in just a little while. First, let's tell you about our player of the game. Which player had the biggest impact on today's game? Let's find out who is today's player of the game. Presented by Valley View Casino and Hotel. Catch every game at Patties and Pints. Plus, enjoy four dollar beer every Thursday. Visit ValleyViewCasino.com today. Player of the game here tonight, go with Juan Soto. The two-run home run set the tone early. Padres never look back in this game. Three consecutive games for Soto with a home run. As he belts his 28th of the season, Juan Soto, our player of the game here tonight on the Padres. Really should say today on the Padres radio network. A little cloudy here at Petco Park, uh, but uh, it is a certainly daytime on this Sunday of Labor Day weekend. All right, we'll uh, step aside here on the Padres Radio Network. When we return, we'll revisit some of what Bob Melvin had to say after the game. Full look at the out-of-town scoreboard. We'll hear our play of the game one more time, and we'll get you ready for the series opener against the Phillies tomorrow. Final score here today, Padres 4, Giants nothing on the Padres Radio Network. Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here today, Padres 4, Giants nothing as the Padres 
win their third in a row. They take three out of four from San Francisco. Sam Levitt with you inside the loft at the Western Metal Building here at Petco Park as we wrap this one up. Still a lot to do. We'll take a full look at the out-of-town scoreboard here in just a moment. We'll also update you on the wild card standings. Yes, because things are pretty crazy in the wild card standings. And, oh, by the way, the Padres have picked up a couple of games in the last couple of days. They're five and a half out. Now, I say this knowing full well they are still eight games below 500. But the thing is, and we'll get more into it after the out-of-town scoreboard, but the thing is, is that the teams that are tied for the final spot, they're three games above. Like, if... If the Padres got red hot, and look, they would have to get scorching red hot, you could argue there's a chance. You'd have to get scorching red hot. There are a ton of teams to deal with. But five and a half out, even with 24 games left, it's it's a very, very tall order. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to say it's likely, but... I guess right now, I would say, until they are eliminated or until they fall back a little bit farther again, maybe a little glimmer of, of hope that maybe they could at the very least make this kind of interesting in the final week or two. Who knows? They would have to play like they did the last three days and win like they've done the last three days and do it almost every day. A very, very tall order. And certainly winning a fourth in a row, something they haven't done this season, that would be a good start tomorrow. We'll get more into that later in the the full wild card picture. All right, before we get to the out-of-town scoreboard play of the game, I do just want to revisit some of what Bob Melvin had to say after the game if you missed it. And uh, uh, certainly you can hear the the full post-game press conference on the Inside San Diego Baseball podcast uh, after we're done as well. Let's just revisit a couple of things here. Here was Bob Melvin on the Padres' recent power surge. The Padres hitting eight home runs in the last three wins combined. Line drives the center, balls that were going out, like Toddy's ball the other night was one that we kind of get frustrated with the times going out. I, I, I can't explain it other than the fact that it seems like it's a foot either way. Um, and typically during the daytime, ball carries a little bit more. Here was Bob Melvin on the performance of Seth Lugo after going six scoreless innings. Well, he's doing some things differently along the way. It's not not necessarily the same pitch complement all the time. So I think he's done tweak some things, thrown some, you know, some I don't want to say curveballs, but you know, some different things to, you know, maybe mix up the other side some in their game planning. But you know, from the very beginning, we've talked about he's he's really been, you know, motivated to be that guy, be that starter. Don't talk about innings. Just go out there and perform. Give yourselves your chance. Your team a chance to win, and he's done that. Seth Lugo already way higher than his career high in innings as he continues to go really uh, to a place innings-wise. He has never gone before, and he continues to be very, very effective. Both those things very good to see. Juan Soto, the the, uh, two-run home run in the first inning, three home runs in three straight days. Here was Bob Melvin on Juan. Everybody goes through difficult periods during the course of the season looks like he's passed a little one that he had uh but still was taking his walks but now he's hitting the ball to the ballpark and a lot of times the you know the 
it's when he's driving the ball to left left center field, left field that he you know that that's when he seems to be locked in. So that was what Bob Melvin, some of what Bob Melvin had to say after the game. And again, if you want to hear all of Bob Melvin's post-game thoughts, we'll have it up for you shortly. May already be up, uh, knowing our, our friend Frank Marchese back in the studio. Oh, look at that. Frank says it's already up on the Inside San Diego Baseball podcast feed, so you can go listen to it. But do that after we're done with our post-game show here. Let's take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard. Let's go around Major League Baseball and take a look at the scores you need to know from across the country. This is the Out of Town Scoreboard presented by Jensen Meat, where great taste meets integrity. Locally produced in San Diego since 1958. We take a look at the Out of Town Scoreboard. What's going on around the Major Leagues? Everything's final but one game. Mets beat the Mariners 6-3. Astros over the Yankees 1-0 in Houston. Cubs beat up on the Reds 15-7 in Cincinnati. Phillies beat the Brewers 4-2 in Milwaukee. Marlins over the Nationals 6-4 in D.C. Red Sox beat the Royals 7-3 in Kansas City. Tigers over the White Sox 3-2 in Chicago. Cardinals beat the Pirates 6-4 in St. Louis. Rangers beat the Twins 6-5 in Arlington. Blue Jays beat the Rockies 7-5 in Colorado. A's beat the Angels 10-6 in Oakland. Orioles beat the Diamondbacks 8-5 in Arizona. Rays beat the Guardians 6-2 in Cleveland. Dodgers beat the Braves 3-1 in L.A. So the Dodgers did salvage the finale of that series in L.A. Atlanta still does win 3-4 uh, from uh, the uh, the uh, L.A. Dodgers there over the weekend. Astros, I, I think I... I I uh, messed that up when I went through it. Uh, the one game that is still going on right now, Astros over the Yankees, one nothing in Houston in the third inning. I may have said that was a final. Again, working with uh, no laptop here, as I said earlier, so a little bit discombobulated. <laughs> you know, when, when you do this show every single day, you get into a routine, how you have things pulled up, the tabs you have open, where you go to look for things, and I'm out of sorts here without the uh, proper technology. Maybe back at full strength tomorrow we'll see all right so that was the out-of-town scoreboard i told you that we would uh and great job by frank marquez who just texted me something i need to read frank you read my mind i was about to text you so good job by frank back in the studio um let's take a look at the standings i told you about the wild card race and how crazy it is right now in the nl here is where we are at the end of today. So the Phillies in the number one spot. They're way up on everybody. Chicago comfortably in the second wild card spot. But it is that wild card spot where it is wild. At the end of today, there are basically four teams tied for the third spot. The Diamondbacks at 70 and 67. Miami, 70 and 67. San Francisco, 70 and 67. Cincinnati is 71 and 68. So they also have a 5-11 winning percentage like the three others. They're all tied. A four-way tie essentially right now for that third and final wild card spot. And then the Padres sending it five and a half out. They are five and a half a lot, a, a lot to make up when there are that many teams involved. We know that. But, again, you get red hot, you never know. And that is where the wild card standings are. As we end this Sunday and head into uh, 
and head into Labor Day tomorrow. It's another beautiful day for a ball game and military Sunday at that. San Diego County Toyota dealers are proud partners of the Padres and supporters of San Diego's military community. Thank you to all military members for your incredible service. Let's hear our play of the game. What was the crucial play that helped decide the outcome of today's game? This is the play of the game. Presented by Bill Howe Plumbing, Heating and Air, Flood and Restoration. Because we know how. This ball hit in the air to left field. Peterson going back at the wall. Gonna go. Third straight day for Juan Soto. A first inning home run on Friday night. A first inning home run on Saturday night. And now a two-run shot in the first inning here on Sunday afternoon. Home run in as many days. Our play of the game. The two-run home run set the tone early against Alex Cobb, a pitcher that came within one out of a no-hitter his last start. And uh, Soto said, no, no, that won't be anything like that today. Two-run home run made it 2-0. Padres go on to cruise 4-0 over the Giants. 28th home run of the year for Juan Soto. All right, uh, I do have just uh, quickly here before uh, we get you ready for tomorrow, I do have something I, I saw here on Twitter and somebody pulling up uh, the rules. And, and again, I suppose take this with just a little grain of salt because I, I, I don't know if this is official or not, but our friend Ben Higgins, uh, Ben and Woods on the morning show here on 97.3, the fan was uh, retweeting this and uh, talking about it. So I'll, I'll read what it says here because this is the only way it makes sense and, and i'm talking about uh the xander uh, the the xander bogart situation where where there was the uh, uh the violation where uh, the giants challenged and uh they uh, contended that uh, xander bogarts apparently had uh, his feet on the outfield grass but again we looked at the replay on tv it certainly didn't look like that so it created a really confusing situation and the umpires of course didn't explain it so a lot of us still sitting here wondering what exactly bogarts did uh to violate the rule i have something pulled up here that says the four infielders must be within the boundary of the infield when the pitcher is on the rubber so i suppose that could have been what it is that hater was on the rubber and at some point bogarts had a foot or two on the outfield grass that would make sense to me because I, I just don't understand what else happened there and again it could have been one of the other infielders too but I, I don't know how we'll tell that unless somebody has a close-up view of the other guys which I did not see but maybe that was it I'll tell you what it's the kind of situation where the umpires are mic'd up anyway why not have an umpire Explain what happened there, because we're still wondering this an hour and a half after the game. Why not explain it? I've been saying this going back to to the early part of the year, to spring training, to um, to, to the, the home plate challenges we've seen this year. I, I, they don't have to do it every time when it's obvious, but it would really help in this situation, because we're still wondering what exactly happened there. So, look, it didn't end up affecting the game. All it did was make Josh Hader throw a few more pitches. I suppose in the big picture, that's really not that big of a deal. But, um, yeah, we're, we're still not 100% sure. But if, if that's the correct rule, that does make some sense. It does. So, 
We'll leave it at that. Maybe we'll uh, get clarity on that in the coming hours and coming days. Looking ahead to tomorrow, Padres will go for a fourth consecutive win, something they have not done all season long. We'll see if they can do it tomorrow on September 4th. First pitch tomorrow on Labor Day. 3.40 p.m. here in San Diego, Ecowater SoCal. Padres pregame show begins at 2.40. Pitching matchup tomorrow, left-hander Rich Hill on the mound for the Padres. Right-hander Taiwan Walker on the mound for Philadelphia. 3.40 first pitch, and our pregame coverage begins at 2.40. Taking a look at the final totals in this one here today. For the Padres, four runs, ten hits, no errors. They left on six. Giants, no runs, four hits, two errors. They left on eight. Winning pitcher Seth Lugo, who improves to six and six. Losing pitcher Alex Cobb, who drops to seven and six. Time of game: two hours, thirty-four minutes, and the crowd here at Petco Park: forty-one thousand and fifty. Another tremendous crowd in the building on this Sunday. It was also the fifty-fourth sellout of the season here in downtown San Diego. As always, if you missed any of our post-game show, you can listen back to all of it on the Inside San Diego Baseball Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. For our great studio coordinator, Frank Marchese, I'm Sam Levitt saying so long from Petco Park. Again, the final score, the San Diego Padres 4 and the San Francisco Giants nothing. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Padres Radio Network.